0: Brad Bannon is my co-host, head of Banner Communications Research, Polly sci professor at Salem State University in Salem, and blogger for epictimes.com and my co-host every Friday. Brad, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Uh, Let's talk more and hear some of those clips uh, from last night. Um, I have to tell you, I was on a plane from New York to Los Angeles. I watched. I hate watching. It's painful sometimes as a Democrat to watch. Um, But last night, I felt there was more professionalism and civility. Um, and we're going to let, let's take some cuts. But I also want to talk about some things that we didn't see happen last night that went on outside of the debate with regard to to Donald Trump, with regard to things that have been said and with regard to, uh, you know, Priebus and the RNC. But l- let's listen to some things from the debate. This is cut one Ted Cruz. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he he talks about the the pledge of the people hand raising, which even Holocaust survivors felt reminded them of the Sieg Heil to Hitler uh, prior to World War II. This is Ted Cruz from last night's uh, Republican debate, cut one.
1: At Donald's rallies recently, he's taken to asking people in in the crowd to raise their hand and pledge their support to him. Now, i got to say to me, I, I think that's exactly backwards. This is a job interview. We are here pledging our support to you, not the other way around. And the only hand-raising that I'm interested in doing is on January 20th, 2017, raising my hand with my left hand on the Bible and pledging to the American people to preserve, protect, you, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Mr. Tropp, if you'd
2: like to respond. We were having, a few, on a few occasions, again, massive crowds, and we're talking, and I'm saying, who's going to vote on Tuesday? Who's going to vote? The place goes crazy. Then I say, hey, do me a favor. Raise your right hand. Do you swear you're going to vote for Donald Trump? Everyone's laughing. We're all having a good time. And, you know, that's why I have much bigger crowds than Ted, because we have a good time at that point. Um, okay,
0: Brad, um, is this something let, – let's talk about those rallies, okay? One, the pledges. and Well, we'll get to something else. Let's just talk about the pledges. His, well, his, oh, followers, his followers don't have a problem with that. Are other Republicans, because even though Trump is viewed as being so magnificent, real numbers show approximately 40 percent, that's meaning two more than two-thirds of Republicans don't support Donald Trump. Where the heck are those people?
3: Well, you're right. I mean, if you look at the uh, Republican primary results across the nation, uh... Trump usually gets between you know anywhere from 35 to 45 uh, percent of the vote, but rarely any higher than that. And that's and the advantage he has is he's running against more than one person. He's won a couple of primaries uh, with 35. I think he won Michigan with 36 or 37 on Tuesday. Uh, but because he's running for uh, against a divided field, uh, that's better, much better than anybody else. But The problem is that right now uh, Trump has, you know, maybe a couple hundred more delegates than uh, uh, Ted Cruz does, Uh, but Trump doesn't have a majority of the delegates. And if he goes to Cleveland in July and he doesn't have a majority of the delegates, even though he has more delegates than anybody else, uh, he could be in trouble.
0: Okay. And speaking of those rallies, let's play cut two. Um, We we have seen – now more than one. There are three, I believe, separate um, uh, violence. As a matter of fact, uh, one of his campaign people has um, uh, been, I believe, arrested or charges brought against them. And then, of course, there was one of the Trump supporters who um, actually was physical um, with uh, somebody who was protesting at the rally. Uh, I've just seen so much uh, increase of violence, um, I can't even keep it straight. Here's Donald Trump about the violence that are hap- that's taking place and increasingly at those rallies.
4: Do you believe that you've done anything to create a tone where this kind of violence would be encouraged?
2: I hope not. I truly hope not. I will say this. Uh, we have 25, 30,000 people. You've seen it yourself. People come with tremendous passion and love for the country. And when they see protests, in some cases, you know, you're mentioning one case, which I haven't seen. I heard about it, which I don't like. But when they see what's going on in this country they have anger that's unbelievable they have anger they love this country they don't like seeing bad trade deals they don't like seeing higher taxes they don't like seeing a loss of their jobs where our jobs have just been devastated and i know i mean i see it there is some anger there's also great love for the country it's a beautiful thing in many respects but i certainly do not condone that at all jake
4: some of your critics point to quotes that you've made at these uh, at these rallies including um, february twenty-third i'd like to punch him in the face referring to a protester february twenty-seventh in the good old days they'd have ripped him out of that seat so fast february first knock the crap out of him, would you seriously okay just knock the hell i promise you i will pay for the legal fees i promise i promise
2: we have some protesters who are bad dudes they have done bad things they are swinging. They are really dangerous. And they get in there and they start hitting people. And, and we had a couple big, strong, powerful guys doing damage to people. Not only the loudness, the loudness, I don't mind, but doing serious damage. And if they're going to be taken out, i, I be honest. I mean, we have to run something. And it's not me. It's usually the municipal government, the police, because I don't have guards all over these stadiums. I mean, we fill up stadiums.
0: Brad. Uh, We need to speak to this. I mean, he's lying, and you can even hear cheering in the audience at the debate when he says some some of these people do this. Excuse me. Look, I'm angry about a lot of things, but I don't just start punching people when I'm at Target or in line at the
3: bank. Uh, No, most normal people don't, Leslie. You know, Americans got to take a look at this and do the math. You've got a a megalomianic leader uh you've got ri- rallies where there are violence. Now they the, the attendees at the uh, front rallies are raising their hands and giving a pledge. What does that sound like? Uh, you know, you know there's I feel you know, there's no way I vote for Ted Cruz or uh, Rubio or Kasich, um, but I'm pretty sure, that if they served as president, they wouldn't destroy American democracy and replace it with fascism. I can't say that about Donald Trump. He has all the tendencies of a fascist. Uh, and, you know, if he's the one candidate running. Uh, it's not Bernie Sanders. Uh, it's he, Donald Trump is the one candidate who I really, truly think threatens the American democratic way of life.
0: I want to play this cut uh, next. This is um, about the Trump supporter um, punching the black protester. Um, listen to this clip. This is to me horror. I'm horrified. Look, I know there are these types of people in this world. Look at the reality shows that we have. But these people are coming out on mass. You know, I, I, you know, I said that Donald. I feel Donald Trump has made it fashion. I think all these racist. And bigoted, uh, you know, and violent people, you know, are just waiting, you know, waiting for this. Seriously, I, I think if Donald Trump said, "Take your guns and go kill every Mexican, black, Muslim, uh, and and uh, you know, that you see, and just go to town at Planned Parenthood," th- they would. I fear that, and he knows that. He knows that, and that that's very, very dangerous to have that type of power. And with a country this size, I'm not surprised that we have so many violent people but I have to say th- they're just coming out of the woodwork I'm embarrassed to be an American when I hear and see things like this cut 9
5: it's a shocking moment as a Trump supporter both a protester he boom an elbow right to the face
3: watch from a different angle the protester never sees it coming he's wrestled to the ground by deputies the guy
6: who smacked him goes right back to his seat did you like the event? You bet I liked it. Yeah? What would you like about it?
3: Knocking the hell out of that big mouth. We don't know who he is. But we know he's not acting like
1: an American. So you deserved it? Every bit of it. What was that? Yes, he deserved it. The next time we see him, we might have to
3: kill
5: him. 78-year-old John McGraw <laughs> was later charged with assault.
2: He's
0: Now, assault, as I understand it, um, carries up to five years in prison. Is that correct, Brad?
3: I believe so. I think it depends on the state.
0: Um, Are we going to see more of this? I will bet we do. Oh,
3: yeah, absolutely. And what I find interesting about those cuts you just played, the last three, is that in the first one, uh, Trump talks about uh, his supporters are angry about the loss of jobs, uh, trade agreements, uh, and the economy in general. One thing he doesn't say, which he should, if he's going to be honest, is uh, the other thing they're mad at is they're mad at blacks uh, and Mexicans and Muslims. And my favorite, the infamous episode, was a couple of months ago, Uh, there was a Trump rally, and I forget where it was, but a woman wearing a burka uh, was attending uh, the rally, uh, and uh, uh, the crowd started chanting, she's got a bomb, she's got a bomb. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just
5: out, out racism.
1: A lot
3: of these people, I'm sorry to say, um, are just racist. They're hated people. They hate these people. And it's such economic issues. It's, you know, the gay marriage. Uh, it's the uh, the fact that there are more and more Americans uh, who aren't uh, white. Uh, these people are angry at the social trends. Uh, and Trump is egging them on. I mean, he, you know, we heard that cut where. The reporter was talking about specific instances uh, where he was egging them on. And he does egg them on. And you're absolutely right. There's going to be a lot more of this violence as long as Trump keeps it Encouraging it.
0: I am very surprised that there wasn't violence against that woman with the hijab. Was she there to protest or was she there to support him? Believe it or not. Oh no, she was
3: there to protest, and they started chanting, "She's got a bomb! She's got a bomb!" Because all Muslims carry bombs, as we all know. And what? Uh, And what? And and what? uh, And what happened as a result of that? She was taken out of the rally. Uh, I don't think she was hurt, uh, but you know that that kind of thing is ridiculous. And what's that Trump supporter was talking about—the protesters being un-American—well, I'm sorry, that's what America is all about: free speech.
0: And I don't understand why he, you know, wouldn't do that. I mean, I know if Democrats were to say, "No, no, no, let them stay. They have a right to say what they want to say," and we've seen leaders on the left do that in the past, and you know that'll get you a standing ovation. Um, and. You know, I mean, I don't understand that there's a different tone at the debate, but there aren't different tones at these rallies. Let's go back to the debate. Um, The question was asked, should the candidate with the most delegates win? Let's listen to those answers and then let's talk about it, because we're seeing polls change um, pretty dramatically and fast in Florida with uh, the race becoming between Rubio and Trump. And uh, Rubio seems within striking distance, at least as of this morning. And in Ohio, John Kasich and Trump, and Rubio is even asking people in Ohio to vote for John Kasich rather than Trump. Some say that Donald Trump will go to the convention not having enough delegates. This is the answer to the question last night, should the candidate with the most delegates win? Cut three.
4: Doesn't tell the whole story in politics. You know, the great thing about politics, you know, the reason why we watch it is because what's true today is not necessarily true tomorrow. So let's not get ahead of ourselves Secondly, look, when you went to school up there in in Salem, Ohio, okay, if you got an 86, you got a B. Because everybody else had an 84, didn't mean you got an A.
2: First of all, I think I'm going to have the delegates, okay? I think. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But if somebody doesn't have the delegates, and I guess there's two of us up here that can, and there are two of us that cannot at this moment. But if some no, that's just that's by the way, that is not meant to be a criticism. That's just a mathematical fact. Okay? If Marco, if the governor, if Ted had more votes than me in the form of delegates, I think whoever gets to that top position as opposed to solving that artificial number that was set by somebody, which is a very random number, I think that whoever gets the most delegates should win.
1: You know, there's some in in, in Washington who, who are having fevered dreams of a brokered convention. Uh, They're unhappy with how the people are voting, and they want to parachute in their favored Washington candidate to be the nominee. I think that would be an absolute disaster, and we need to respect the will of the voters. Listen, everyone up here has worked very, very hard, but Donald is right. There are only two of us that have a path to winning the nomination, Donald and myself. At this point, I have roughly 360 delegates. He has about 100 more than I have we have at this point beaten donald in eight separate states all over the country geographically from maine to alaska
2: you know i listen and i watch ted on television and when he speaks and he's always saying i'm the only one that beat donald in six
0: well ted Cruz has won states brad john kasich um doesn't doesn't have any states And uh, Marco Rubio um, has, what, like one now? Uh, Yes, Minnesota. First of all, what happens – do you think Donald Trump will have the delegates when he gets to the convention? Or do you think we're going to see Rubio carry his state of Florida, Kasich carry his state of Ohio? And even if they do, is that enough for them to stay in the game?
3: Uh, I think it's – I think it's uh, with Trump, when Trump goes in the convention in Cleveland in July, uh, I think he may be close, but not have the majority. And as much as I hate to mis- disagree with Mr. Trump, that number to win the Republican nomination was not a random number. It is half the de- all the delegates plus one, otherwise called the majority. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we'll know, honestly, I think we'll know next. Wednesday, what's going on, Uh, because if Rubio stops Trump in uh, Florida, Rubio will get all 99 delegates, and Trump won't get one. How
0: many many delegates does Trump have right now?
3: Uh, He has about, uh, I think, close to 500, and he's a little more than 100 ahead of Cruz.
0: Right, and Rubio's even farther behind that, so 99 helps him, but it doesn't...
3: Uh, Rubio's 150 or so.
0: Uh, has 150 total? Yes. Okay, so if he gets the 99, so, you know, just, you know, rounding up, he has approximately 250. He's still behind Trump.
3: Well, he is, but if, if Rubio wins Florida and Kasich wins Ohio, that's 150 or so delegates that aren't going to Trump. And if he loses both Ohio and Florida, it's going to be difficult difficult for Trump to get up to the magic number, which is the majority of delegates at the Republican National Convention. And, so I and, think and we'll you know had, a lot next week.
0: You had said in the past you thought Rubio would take New Hampshire. He didn't. Do you think Rubio is out of the game, or do you think that we're going to see a different ball game next week in case Rubio will survive? Answer that after this break. Brad Bannon joins me. We'll hear more right now. Brad Bannon and I are co-hosting. We're talking about not only the Republican debate last night. Talking about some terrible things that Donald Trump has said, fanning the flames once again, and some terrible things that are happening at the Trump rally, and other items on this Friday. Pick up the phone and join us. This is your show, of for and by you, the people, and we want to hear your questions, your comments, your opinions, your concerns. A couple of ways to do that: pick up the phone and join us, eight 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 six Leslie, 8886-537-543. Follow on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Tweet me, and I will incorporate that tweet throughout the hour as much as possible and when time allows. Brad, thanks for holding and uh welcome back. Um I uh I was asking if you felt this will drag out. In other words do you think John Kasich and, and, and Marco Rubio will win uh their states um next week.
5: Uh
3: I think the odds are that Kasich and Rubio win. But both of them win are small. I suspect Trump will take uh, either one of them uh, and uh, you know I mean I think it's going to be touch and go all the way for Trump whether or not he has uh, going to have a majority going into Cleveland and you know one thing that's important to put this discussion in context um, Wall Street Journal and NBC News released a national survey yesterday and they did matchups between trump uh, and Hillary Clinton and Trump and Bernie Sanders. Uh, in both cases, both of the Democratic candidates had double-digit leads over Trump, and that explains why Republicans, establishment Republicans in Washington, are scared to death. Uh, they feel that if Trump gets the nomination, uh, he is going to crash and burn, uh, and all the rest of the party is going to crash and burn with him uh, because he's really – you know, the, he is way behind in races against Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton. So the, uh, the Republicans in Washington, D.C., and in Congress are panicking because they feel they could go down with the ship.
0: Okay, uh, let's talk about some other uh, issues, and one is an issue that I really you know, feel strongly about, and uh, I'm not the only one. We are seeing polls overseas, not just of Americans who live overseas, but other people. Uh, Germans are afraid of a Donald Trump presidi- presidency, as is Angela Merkel, their chancellor. Um, there are countries like Germany that no immigration is good and necessary for a healthy economy, especially the German economy. They're very concerned about a Donald Trump, and a lot of Americans are very concerned if Donald Trump, you know, not only becomes the nominee but God forbid becomes our president, how the rest of the world will view us. After we invaded the sovereign nation of Iraq, I I think we would all agree that the United States was pretty much toilet paper in the minds of many countries. And over the past almost eight years, President Obama, this administration, and quite frankly, Secretary of State Clinton, when she was Secretary of State – worked their butts off, and she traveled everywhere to repair uh, bridges and men fences where they had been broken, and that includes countries like Pakistan, other Muslim countries. Here is uh, Ted Cruz talking about how the rest of the world views the United States. Cut four.
4: Senator Cruz uh Colin Powell this week said that the nasty tone of this presidential election is hurting the image of the U.S. abroad. He said, quote, foreigners of the world looking at this are distressed. Does it matter to you what the
1: rest of the world thinks of the United States? Of course it does. And, and we've seen for seven years a president that has made the presidency and, and has made, sadly, his administration a laughingstock in the world. This administration started with President Obama sending back the bust of Winston Churchill to the United Kingdom within the opening weeks. Then he proceeded to go on a worldwide apology tour, apologizing for the United States of America. Our friends and allies quickly learned America could not be counted on. I'll tell you, when I travel abroad, when I meet with heads of states and defense ministers and foreign ministers, they say over and over again, it is hard to be friends with America. We can't Count on America. America doesn't stand with us. And that is a disgrace. But the good news is, Jake, we've seen this before. We have seen a weak Democratic president undermine the military, weaken our readiness, weaken our respect in the world with Jimmy Carter. And in January 1981, Ronald Reagan came into office, and that can change overnight. It's worth remembering Iran released our hostages the day. Ronald Reagan was sworn into office.
0: Brad, I'd like you to comment on that. Um, what what happens to relationships worldwide, especially if Donald Trump becomes president? This is not somebody, as I've said before, that can play nice with others, not somebody. He's a he's a bulldozer, not a diplomat. And, um, you know, or or is like Ben Carson, you know, talking about the two heads or sides of Trump is it would another Trump emerge?
3: I think, uh, in the last analysis, what's going to prove Trump's undoing and the reason he won't be elected president is, I think, when push comes to shove, Americans won't take Donald Trump seriously as a head of state uh, or as the leader of the free world. Uh, I think that's a, I think that's a major problem. I think most people uh, around the world who follow American politics think this whole Donald Trump thing uh, is a joke and. And uh, it is, Trump's rise is seen as a, uh, as a weakness in America, uh, not Barack Obama. And, you know, something extraordinary happened last week, I thought, that got very little press attention. And this goes to the whole national security thing. Last week, several active-duty generals, I mean, these are generals who are still serving in the Army, Uh, made a statement that said uh, they would not follow Donald Trump's orders as president uh, if he gave them an order that violated uh, U.S. law. And, you know, the, the idea of five active duty generals, one thing after you're retired, but five or six active duty generals said they would not obey uh, the, their commander-in-chief if he gave them an illegal order. That, to me, is extraordinary, and I think that's what's going to prove Trump's undoing, because when push comes to shove, no one's gonna, very few Americans will take him seriously as a commander-in-chief.
0: Um, here okay. Uh, you no, know, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, let's listen. Uh, let's take some calls, and so we have more cuts to get to as well. Uh, let's start it out with Matt in Charlottesville, Virginia, line two, listening on ninety-four point seven WPVC. Hi, Matt. Good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon. So, um, I just wanted to talk about uh, I think it's The Ben Carson thing. Uh, to me, I mean, I can see a Chris Christie, you know, supporting Trump, but Ben Carson seems like the exact opposite of a. Of Trump in the persona, so I don't. I uh, don't I'm, I'm I
0: very surprised you didn't throw support to Ted Cruz, um, simply because they're both, you know, they both appeal to the evangelical community, and uh, I don't think a lot of Carson's supporters, even though he throws their support behind Trump, wants to. But I think he's promised him something like Secretary of Education, based on his uh, comments with regard to Common Core and mentioning Carson and Carson's ideas for education. You know, nobody, you know, these people don't, when they want the job, go and help somebody else get the job unless they get something for these are politicians. Come on. And even though Ben Carson may have been a neurosurgeon, he's now a politician.
5: All right. And then I guess the comment you guys just made about the uh, um, the generals um, in the, one of the last debates, um, it seemed like, you know,
3: Trump said, you know, they're going to listen to me. It's kind of... Uh, a little bit, you know, uh, arrogant-sounding. You know, I, that doesn't seem like the best. <laughs> that doesn't seem like the <laughs> he, best way to... He's
0: very, Matt, he, a little bit. He's very, very uh, arrogant. Um, Brad, let's talk about, though, the threats uh, and then reality. Uh, Commander-in-Chief commands the United States Armed Forces, and if they are told, a member of the military, by their superior officer who's beneath the president to do something don't they risk losing their position um, or, or even being imprisoned for not obeying? We have seen, actually, dissenters um, from uh, going – there was one guy who did not want to go um, back to Iraq or didn't want to go back to Afghanistan, and I think he's being held in a military prison.
3: Well, the reality is, yes, uh, they're – the president is commander-in-chief of the armed forces says it right there in the constitution. And these generals, by saying that, are taking uh, making a very bold statement because, in theory, uh, the armed forces the, uh, should follow the orders of the commander-in-chief, who's the president. Now, I think it's interesting when these generals made the statement, they didn't say, if Ted Cruz... Uh, Donald Trump gives us an illegal order. We're not. We're going to disobey it. They pointedly said, "If Donald Trump gives us an order that violates American law, we're not going to execute it." Uh, and you're right. These generals, if Trump was president and they disobeyed an order, they'd probably, at the very best. Uh, lose their career and be kicked out of the army. So the, this is a very strong statement because these generals are basically saying I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to obey the constitution, I'm not going to obey the commander chief's office and at the very best they'll lucky if they get uh get out by just being fired and thrown out of the military.
0: Okay. Uh anything else, Matt? That's it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Pick up the phone and join us when we finish with a call. Your cue to call through. A line available, 8886 leslie 888 7543 is the number. Uh, we have less than a minute to break, so we're going to break. When we come back, continue to talk to Brad. We'll play more of this audio from last night's debate. But I also want to talk about some other things uh, that have been uh, taking place. Last night we saw a civil, respectful uh, debate from the Republicans, the first, and de- Democrats have uh, done that all along. A um, uh, 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 Dubai is now making warns of clash of civilizations over Donald Trump. And of course, Donald Trump has been saying things about the religion of Islam once again, as if it were a nation, one person, or all more than 1.6 billion people share the same mindset. Really, this just shows ignorance. Then again, he likes to play to those, quote, lower information voters, right? He said he likes the poorly educated. You know, I don't think you need a degree to have common sense. I'm Leslie Marshall, back with Brad Bannon, and you. We just finished with a call. Your cue to call through eight 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 six Leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three. What did you think of the nicer, kinder, more professional Republican debate last night? Eight 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 six Leslie one two. What do you think of Prevus, the head of the RNC, saying that he will support any of the four candidates on that stage? the fourth or the first being Donald Trump. Will the Republicans get behind Trump? 8886 Leslie. Will Rubio in case it be able to pull it off in Florida and Ohio next week? Or is it inevitable that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee? 8886 Leslie. With threats already coming from countries that we have and need alliance with, especially to defeat ISIS and especially to uh, deal with countries like Syria and what is taking place as well in, uh, in Afghanistan and even in, in Iraq and in Uh, Yemen. Uh, Do we? Does Donald Trump make Americans less safe abroad? Our military less safe, and our relationships in a more fragile state than they have been in a long time. Even the Chancellor of Germany has concerns about this guy. Eight 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 six, Leslie. Do you think all Republicans are going to back this guy? All of these congressional members, voters, bloggers, despite what they say now, if he's up on that platform. Eight 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 six, Leslie. And Donald Trump says Islam hates us. Islam can't hate you. That's like saying Judaism hates us. Catholicism hates us. He can say Muslims hate us, which isn't true because there are plenty of them here in the United States. Just go to your local ER. We'll be back on Leslie Marshall.
3: Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall show. 8886 Leslie.
0: The Republican debate last night, very different tone, more professional, talking about international leaders and nations concerned if Donald Trump is the president, Dubai, but also Germany and others. Donald Trump says Islam hates us, which is a very stupid thing to do. We've said it. I'll say it before. I'll say it again. One, Islam is a religion. It is not a person or a country. Two, ISIS wants the division. And three, it will ruin everything that President Obama and his predecessors have worked many years, for decades, that we have worked hard uh, to build up internationally, especially with Muslim nations. We need an international alliance, and we need Muslim nations to take out ISIS. If nothing else, than the symbolism of a Sunni Muslim taking out ISIS, and that's why we don't have boots on the ground in Syria, folks. And if we want to be able to control or to help to maneuver what happens in Syria in the future, you know, you want World War III? You keep have Donald Trump as your president and keep up this rhetoric, okay? You know, you you know, you think oh the Muslims are coming for us? They will if this doesn't stop. Uh, Brad, uh, I, I want your comments on this. To me, when you have people being violent, when you have people that are yelling she has a bomb when a woman has a hijab, I'm, I'm very concerned for my fellow Americans who are Muslim. I mean the Muslim community is terrified and has been since 9-11 as if there weren't, wasn't enough hatred toward them before that. Uh, America is very pro-Israel. The Jews are good. The Muslims are bad. Uh America after 9/11, all terrorists are Muslims, and then that goes away for a while. Then you have Fort Hood, and then you have you know San Bernardino, and it you know everybody forgets all of the you know white Christian you know mass and you know attacks which could be called, be called terrorism in between mucho mas many more. Um, but you know th- this is this is not a good thing for Donald Trump to be saying Islam hates us, and it's also very ignorant because Islam is a religion, fastest growing religion in the world. Over 1.6 billion members, and come on, all Jews, all Hindus, all Catholics, all Protestants—they don't all share one brain either. The Muslims.
3: Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, looking at it just purely from a mathematical point of view, one of six people who live on this planet are Muslims. One out of every six, uh, and you—and they're not only the, the you know that size population, but they'll become a bigger popu- part of the world population as years go on, uh, because Muslims, your average Muslim worldwide is much younger uh, than the average white person. Uh, so they're going to have, you know, more children uh, than white people are, and eventually uh, Muslims will become more than one-sixth of the world. They become one-fifth. And needless to say, they control so much oil, uh, you know, you don't want to go out of your way you know, to piss them off,
1: um,
3: and you know, one of the things are probably our, I think our best, our closest ally in the world in Great is Great Britain. Uh, a member of Parliament has introduced a bill into Parliament that would bar Donald Trump from traveling to Great Britain. And they're our biggest ally
0: Um, I thought it was the mayor of London And that they dropped that um, And that uh, you're saying now it's the entire country? Or are you talking about when the mayor of
3: No, bill introduced it to parliament
0: Oh, okay, because uh, the mayor of London uh, Proposed that, but then backed off We're going to take a break I wasn't aware of the uh, entire UK Uh, Speaking of, Canada's considering it And obviously, Mexico You know the neighbor to the south That Donald Trump wants to go to war with over the wall? They're going to build? We'll be back About Islam hates us. Um, let's listen to discussion from last night's Republican debate. Here's Marco Rubio and Donald Trump discussing that comment, Islam hates us. Uh, let's talk about it. Cut number seven.
4: Last night you told CNN, quote, Islam hates us. Did you mean all 1.6 billion Muslims? I mean a lot of them. I mean a lot of them. Do you want to clarify the comment at all? Well, you know, I've been watching the
2: debate today, and they're talking about radical Islamic terrorism or radical Islam, but... I will tell you, there's something going on that maybe you don't know about and maybe a lot of other people don't know about, but there's tremendous hatred and I will stick with exactly what I said to Anderson Cooper.
7: I know that a lot of people find appeal in the things Donald says because he says what people wish they could say. The problem is presidents can't just say anything they want. It has consequences here and around the world. Two days ago, I met this extraordinary couple who are on furlough because they're missionaries in Bangladesh. It's a very tough place to be a missionary, it's Muslim. And their safety and security very much relies upon friendly Muslims that live alongside them, that may not convert but protect them and certainly look out for them. And their mission field really are Muslims that are looking to convert to Christianity as well. And they tell me that today they have a very hostile environment in which to operate in because the news is coming out that in America, leading political figures are saying that America doesn't like Muslims. So this has a real impact. There is no doubt that radical, uh, Muslim, uh, radical Islam is a danger in the world. Anyone out there that has the uniform of the United States on and is willing to die for this country is someone that loves America, no, no matter what their religious background may be.
2: You can say what you want and you can be politically correct if you want. I don't want to be so politically correct. I like to solve problems. We have a serious, serious problem of hate.
7: I'm not interested in being politically correct. I'm not interested in being politically correct. I'm interested in being correct. And in in order to be correct on this issue, here's the bottom line, we do work, there is, Islam, Islam has a major problem on its hands. It has a significant percentage of its adherents, particularly in the Sunni faith, but also in the Shia, who have been radicalized and are willing to fly planes into a building and kill innocent people. There is no doubt about that. It is also true that if you look around the world at the challenges we face, we are going to have to work together with with Muslims, who, do not, who are not radicals. We're going to have to work with the Jordanian kingdom. We're going to have to work with the Saudis. We're going to have to work with the Gulf kingdoms. We're going to have to work with the Egyptians to defeat, for example, ISIS. It will take a Sunni Arab movement to defeat them. And so I think you can be correct without needing to be politically correct. We are going to have to work with people in the Muslim faith, even as Islam itself faces a serious crisis within it Thank of you, radicalization.
0: Oof, um, I have to tell you, uh, I am a Democrat. I would never vote for, and I would say I would never vote for a Republican I have, um, I would not vote for Marco Rubio based on a lot of what he stands for. But that one response last night, again, I said it before, I'll say it again, I saw a man come out of a boy. I, I, I thought that guy was right on. I hope he really believes that. And even if he doesn't, because, you know, there are leaders that, for example, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama may believe as Christians that g- gay marriage is something they struggle with as a Christian. But as a politician and leader, they have to have equal rights for every single person in this nation under their leadership. And I'm using that as an example because I'm sure, you know, just like somebody might be pro-life. But they have to uphold the law of the land, and the law of the land is since 1973 in the Supreme Court decision of Roe v. Wade, abortion is legal in the United States of America. And nobody, I think, uh, most people don't want to go back uh, to the way it was. Even many Republicans that that I know. Um, but let, let's let, let's let's talk about first his response, and then let's do a little fact check on even what Marco Rubio said, Brad. Yeah. Uh,
3: well, first of all. Uh, I felt the same way that you did about uh, Rubio's statement. It was very eloquent, uh, and he's exactly right. And you know, let me give you a specific specific uh, example of that. Uh, right now, uh, there are daily bombing missions uh, against ISIS. Uh, and the bombing is done by American pilots and planes, by Saudi, pilots and planes, uh, by Jordanian uh, pilots and planes. Uh, We have people, a lot of people in the Muslim world, who hate ISIS as much or more as we do, because they're more of a threat to them. So, you know, Trump is so ludicrous. Uh, We have... Strong allies in that part of the country who are fighting, uh, helping us fight a terrorist organization. Uh, and you know, what do you think they think when they hear Trump, uh, you know, making nasty comments about Muslims as they risk their lives uh, with American pilots uh, flying bombing missions against ISIS? It's ridiculous.
0: Well, I-, I think Mark, can you come on for a second, Marky? Mark Romaldi, our executive producer. Mark, you may not have it at the, the tip of your tongue, but you know you had broken down one time you sent me a, a lovely pie chart with muslims and then how many were al qaeda were isis and all told just Oh, uh, just i know, you know where that is oh yeah but, but you don't even need to get it we can okay. post it later but approximately what percentage when you had that and that was from you know late last year so that's fairly current i'm just saying um what approximately what percentage of muslims are terrorists or radicalized because if you know if you you know people that's another thing if somebody says in a poll let, let me give you an example and this is on factcheck.org you can check it yourselves um, in Saudi Arabia what, what they don't what, what they or in the UK after the Danish cartoonist had negative um, cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad many in the Muslim community and not a huge majority but many and in some very Muslim areas that were you know stricter and you know people that were immigrants to the UK felt that, The people who drew it should be prosecuted, not beheaded, not murdered, prosecuted, okay? Because they're not familiar with religious freedom. They were not brought up with that. They come from a nation that doesn't have that. Some of them were even fleeing the inability to have that freedom. And by the way, this country was founded on religious freedom. How dare we try to take away the freedom of anyone, of any one religion? That is horrific. That is absolutely horrific, but uh, I digress. So what they don't tell you is that in Saudi Arabia, late last year, they had a poll, and one of the questions was, how many of you support prosecuting any members of, like, you know, al-Qaeda or ISIS that we find in Saudi Arabia? You ready for this? Less than 4% said don't prosecute. So let me put that in perspective. More than 96% of Saudi, Arabian, Saudi Arabia Kingdom people, citizens, polled, said prosecute them. More than 96%. I dare you to find, except for background checks, a poll in the United States where you can ever find a number that high in this country. And I understand their country is smaller, but you know there's an example. So Marky Mark, I wanted you – because we, remember we talked about this, how, how ridiculously small – And one is too many, obviously, but how ridiculously small the percentage of Muslims are that are radicalized because people are uh, people. uh, Ben Shapiro is somebody who said it was half the Muslim community, which is BS, and fact check proved it BS. And and what happens is these these conservatives, you know, that want to demonize this religion and these in these people, these Muslims here in the United States and worldwide, they will take like you know a poll. That you know, in one section of Syria, and say you know, that that's for all Muslims in the world. Forgetting that there are, there are Sunni Muslims, there are Shia Muslims in Saudi Arabia, there are Wahhabi Muslims. Uh, just like the, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. You're not going to find 96 or 100% of all Catholics, all Protestants, all Jews who believe one way. For crying out loud, you don't even know 100% of Jews who support. Israel or against building uh, you know the settlements and the reason I say that is if we really broke down the number of terrorist attacks in the United States by faith the Christians would win the prize because people who claim to be Christian or were raised in the church have committed the majority of mass attacks in the United States since we've been the United States and that's a reality as a matter of fact Mormons have committed more terrorist attacks. If you look at the terrorist attacks when our first re- country was first um, – came, came about uh, when they fought with the government, not once but twice. The, one of the, the, the first terrorist attacks – I think it was the, the first terrorist attack in the United States was by the Mormons. And, and I'm not demonizing Mormons. i demonizing Christians. Don't get me wrong. I'm simply saying don't demonize Muslims for the actions of a very small percentage or and it's not even the actions even though people have been even though there are people out there that have been or are radicalized they're not necessarily acting on their beliefs just like there are people out there that think all brown all you know black people should be shot but they're not going out shooting them but they have that mindset mark talk to me about that pie chart
6: so i actually just put it in IM for you but i'll i'll tell you um less than two percent of all acts of terror are carried out in the name of Islam, and with that's 1.6 billion Muslims worldwide as of 2010. So it's even higher than that now, but less than 2%. Okay. The other thing, a great point made by uh, Robin Lariche, who uh, posted uh, this after the Paris Charlie Hebdo attacks, is that if Islam really did breed terror and subsequently all Muslims uh, were terrorists, we'd all be dead right now. Wait, you'd say, have two, say that.
0: Say that again. That's a very powerful. With
6: 1.6 billion Muslims worldwide, okay, fastest growing religion, second largest religion in the world. If Islam really did breed terror, and subsequently all Muslims were terrorists, we'd all be dead right now.
0: And, and you know, not only the fastest growing religion in the world, but Brad, I have to tell you, um, you know, you know that my husband's family's Muslim, and and I have been to you know some weddings or whatever, and people will sit around and go, "What can we do?" And when they ask my opinion. You know, I said, well, invite people to come, not just into the mosque, but, you know, come into your homes and, you know, have like, you know, uh, a a big carnival outside the mosque, not with alcohol. That would be against their religion, I understand, Um, but so that people, you know, so that people don't have to take their shoes off. Women don't have to cover their heads. People aren't freaked out. It isn't a religious thing. It's a community thing. You know, don't isolate yourselves because they're afraid. You know what I mean? They're afraid. Uh, many times people say, oh, they don't assimilate. No, they're afraid. What the heck would you expect when you have Trump with this rhetoric and supporters? And I told them, and I said, and uh, I said, screw like rabbits. Populate, populate like crazy. In the U.K., the Muslims, af- after the attack in Paris, my best friend, and I've told you guys this, I think, off the air. I'm not sure if I said on the air. My best friend who lives in London. She has three daughters. They all go to private school. Most kids do in London. Uh, different kind of a uh, system. Uh, there than here. It's funny. College is paid for, but the lower schools, you know, most people, you know, pay out of pocket. So anyway, after the, 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 the you know, the Monday after that terrible, terrible, heinous terrorist attack uh, in Paris, there was a, a whole lecture in every school, whether public or private, throughout the entire city of London and perhaps all of the uh, all of the country of England in which Muslims are not terrorists. This is not the act of Islam. You know, Islam is a religion that preaches peace, and if you read the Quran, and the reason for that is nearly 15% of the population of London is Muslim, and it's growing. They they are getting politically involved and financially involved, and honestly, that's what you do. When a minority reaches 5%, People take notice in that country. And and if you look historically, that's what's happened here. The Irish have been persecuted. The Italians have been persecuted. Mexicans have been persecuted. Blacks have been persecuted. Jews have been persecuted. Even Germans have been persecuted. I guess we just love to be bullies and persecute whoever the minority is. Shame on us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Brad and I will take more of your calls. If you're holding, hang on. You want to join us, 8886 Leslie. Eight 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 six five three seven five four three. And uh, I I just think it's uh, very, very interesting. Less than 2% of all terrorist attacks worldwide were committed by Muslims. So, you know, Donald Trump, like, you know, there's something going on. Like, he has the inside scoop. Like, he's really being invited. Like, the terrorists are calling him and, hey, Donald, come to a meeting. We'll be back.
3: Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-Leslie.
0: Brad, uh, any remarks you want to make on some of those percentages and
3: the rhetoric that is coming? Well, yeah, I want to comment on the statement you made about uh, uh, the Muslims in your your husband's family. You know, I don't know the exact figure, but I would bet you serious money that since 9-11, there have been dozens of mosques burned down in this country because you read about one every couple of months. Uh, a mosque, you know, mysteriously catches fire. My guess is there's probably been a few, at least a few dozen of those incidents uh, since 9/11. And the other thing I wanted to say is that the probably the American currently in the, in public life who has done more to radicalize. Uh, 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 ISIS than anybody else is Donald Trump. I agree. Uh, he's their greatest recruiting tool, and you know they can t- and they do on their website. They say, "Look at this idiot!" Excuse me, Mr. Trump. This idiot could be uh, president of the United States, and he, you know, hear you know hear his comments about Muslims. Uh, you know, my guess is that's a great rec- recruiting tool, uh, and you know, Mark, uh, Marco Rubio is correct. Presidents just can't say whatever pops into their head. They have to ju- gauge the impact of their statements, not only on Americans, but on the wor- on the world community. Uh, and it would be – Trump would be a foreign policy, uh, domestic security disaster. And I think that's what eventually will undo him because – he does not have the statute to be president. And, you know, let's face it, he can only get 40 percent of the Republicans to vote for him. So how is he going to win a presidential election? Well, i am got
0: to say, I'm always, you know, I'm a pessimist and a catastrophic thinker sometimes, so I'm always worried about that. By the way, threats, harassment, vandalism at mosque reached a record high in 2015. Good job, America. We're supposed to be becoming better, more civilized people Good job. Show the world how we can all get along. That's BS. Uh, let's uh, go to the calls, and we go next to Michael in the Bronx Line 1. Uh, Michael, good afternoon. Quick, because we don't have a lot of time. we got a lot of calls.
5: Hi, Leslie. Hi, Brad. You know, hey, Michael.
0: I, I am so doggone mad at what has gone on, and if anybody has seen the
5: front page of today's New York Daily News, you find that on uh, February 22nd, Donald Trump is quoted saying of his opposition, I'd like to punch them in the face and I for good days when they were were taken down on stretchers. And then lo and behold, two days ago some guy named John McGraw sucker punched a peaceful protester at a Trump rally and was caught on video and uh, other other, um, Trump supporters um, pretty much ambushed this guy. He didn't get proper security protection and I don't know why it took 24 hours to arrest um, the person, John McGraw, um, why it took 24 hours to arrest this guy. You know, I've long argued that people like Trump, I don't give a rat's ass if he has a million dollars plus, he is violating the law, he's violating the Constitution, he's pretty much violating me as an African American of my rights. I shouldn't have to go out of my house and worry about looking over my shoulders in case there's some person that is inciting or insightful of hate from listening to this guy. You know, it's like, I'm tired of it. I'm really unfed up of it. And any right wing that's listening, don't you dare give me this crap about First or Second Amendment Because, you know, full well, if I, as an African-American, did half of the stuff that Donald Trump, John McCraw, or any of these far-right-wing radicals have been doing, you guys would have me slapped with handcuffs and beating the crap out of me. Let's get real. All
0: right, Michael. Thank you for the rant. Uh, Brad, let's continue with the calls. And we uh, we go next to – let me see. I got my list here. My list here. My list here is next. Da, na, 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 na. Jake in Eureka, Eureka, California. Eureka. Hey, Jake in Eureka, California. Line two. Listening on our great affiliate there, KGOE. Hi, Jake. Good afternoon. Hi, very welcome. quick. Very quick. Less than a minute. So, so,
5: Donald Trump pretends to be a tough guy, but he's awfully afraid of everybody. You know, I mean, he's xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic. Ah, Some Somebody who's that afraid probably shouldn't be commander in chief. That's
0: a very good point. I've never heard anybody say that. Brad, you got the last 60 seconds, my love.
5: Uh,
3: Donald Trump would do more to undermine America's national security than any other single person could.
0: I agree. All right. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a wonderful weekend, Brad. Thank you for being with us each and every Friday. You'll hear from him next week. I'm sure not just Friday, but, you know, uh, after uh, Tuesday, I would imagine Brad will be on Wednesday. Uh, Of course, you can hear Marky Mark uh, Grimaldi. He uh, is doing uh, one of the hours and he's doing a good job and he touches upon issues he is passionate about and we care about greatly on the show and that he's more knowledgeable than I am about, which is good to have him with uh, Brad or Nicholas Wapshot or whoever he's co-hosting with in that hour. And Andrew, our great executive producer who picks up the slack as always. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a wonderful and a safe weekend and we'll be back on Monday.